And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, February 18th, and I hope for all of your sake, you're taking a nice long weekend. Monday, President's Day. I'm going to be trying to take a few days off myself because it's good to... uh take a break. That's why you are better. If you've got a financial question, if you've got a tax question, a retirement question, a housing question, a career question, then why don't you go to the website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and we would be delighted to bring you on the air with us. If not, you know, I try to read emails every uh, week or so. And so we did some yesterday. We're trying to dig out uh, of our mountainous inbox, which Mark is perfectly at peace with now after having Cal Newport walk him through why he has to not freak out about having a full inbox. And you are doing a wonderful job with that, Mark. There is only so much we can do. That's true. It's, it is, you know, it's sort of like that major moment in your life where you say, actually, I have no control over this thing, whatever this thing is, and I'm going to let go. And that'll be a, a good place to be. You know, like I do, Mark, so often with all the things that go on and I, how I let go so easily. I'm joking. I don't do that at all. I'm a complete maniac and I don't let go of much. So I'm trying. Let's get to some of your questions. Kenan says, I'm 65 and retired at age 60. Oh my God, I get a pension of 80 grand, no cost of living adjustment. My wife is 63, plans to retire at age 65. Annual salary, $108,000. She's maxing out her Roth 401k. We have three adult kids. They're self-sufficient. We have a portfolio of, ooh, cue the hate mail, $5.3 million. Oh, the breakdown is he has company stock of $1.9 million, which is about a third of the portfolio. It happens to be a company we've had a question about on this program. It's very funny. Uh, he also has an IRA, traditional IRA, $1.7 million. She has a traditional IRA, about $700,000. Brokerage accounts, a million. Roth accounts, ninety. All the retirement accounts are with Vanguard. They own their home, $700,000 of value, no mortgage. They've got cash of $250,000. 
He says, I'm going to plan to start receiving Social Security at age 70, $4,150 a month. My wife will receive Social Security at her full retirement age, which is 66 years and eight months, $2,100 a month. Oh, let's do the math. It looks to me like they have quite a bit of money coming in just from Social Security because their monthly expenses are only $7,000 per month. They think it's going to be maybe $10,000 a month. When we add it together, they've got about $6,300 in Social Security that'll be coming in in five years. Okay, question. You ready for this one, Mark? Should I focus my attention on selling the company's stock, say 10% a year, or start doing Roth conversions while staying in the 24% tax bracket? I'm comfortable moving forward with either scenario, but I don't want to deplete my cash reserves. Oh, this is an easy one. Company stock, 100 million percent wins. Absolutely. That's not even close. 36% of the portfolio. I'm not going to out him about what company it is, okay? But I want to be clear that this is a, a company whose stock price has actually beaten the S&P 500 over the last year, but has lagged the S&P 500 dramatically over the last 10 years and longer. Now that it is doing well, then I would very much encourage you to rock and roll. And by the way, when you think about this, um, yeah, you're going to have to pay income tax on the other, but you know what? I think it is more likely that you are going to see capital gains rates start to go up before even tax brackets go up. What do you think of that as a bold prediction, Mark? I think he's better off just banging out this stock. Plus, if the stock goes down in value, you will lose dollar for dollar. So I almost could say just do it all right now. I'm just thinking, what do, you, she, what do you think about that? Let's just say that he's got company stock, it's 1.9 million, okay? And let's say he's got to pay capital gains. Let me just look at this. He's got, he's not working. I mean, are they in the, they would be in the 15, 18 point, maybe the 18.8% capital gains rate. What's the downside of doing it all at once? It keeps going up. But presume if this company keeps going up, so would the rest of the market. You could do both things. Mark's right. If you sell more of it, if you sold more of the of the company stock, paid the tax, put some money in cash, and then slowly started to convert, hmm, I don't know. That could be an interesting thing before he starts to get uh, Social Security. I don't want you to, to deplete your cash. That I know. But if you're going to stay in the 24% tax bracket, right, that would allow you to do that. I think that you should sell enough stock so that you pay the tax and keep some money in abeyance for the conversions. And I think you should do those conversions every year until you start receiving Social Security. I think that's a good plan, Mark. And I I agree. I, you shouldn't necessarily deplete your cash reserves because you want that. I get it. But I also don't want you to blow out of your brokerage account. So I'm thinking, Yeah. I would pull the trigger all at once. I know that that's crazy. No one else would do that except you and me, Mark. James wants to know, are there any drawbacks to using I-bonds for cash? What, if any, alternative along with I-bonds do you consider to, for a three to five-year time horizon? You know, I wrote a um, post, uh, so go to jillonmoney.com and go under blogs, and we talk about how to fight inflation. And at the end of that post, I have a, a, a bit about I-bonds because I just think I-bonds are just... Uh, fantastic right now, even though Mark and his spouse are not doing them. And I think that's so silly, but it's not enough money because he's such a big shot that $10,000 uh, investment is not that important. I did it for myself. I did 
$10,000 last year and $10,000 in January. The reason why is that I bonds, and these are bonds that are derived from two different things, a fixed rate and then a semi-annual inflation rate. So the semi-annual inflation rate right now is 7.12% total. And that is for bonds that are issued right through, I think, until April 2022. You can only make $10,000 a calendar year per purchase of electronic I bonds, five grand for paper bonds, which no one should do. You have to own them for at least a year. So one year is your minimum. If you redeem the I bonds before five years, you forfeit interest from the previous three months. So ideally, you wouldn't touch it for five years. And the interest earning period is 30 years or until you cash them in, whichever comes first. The problem is, as you say, Mark, you can only put 10 grand in them. So if you've got more than $10,000 and you want to do something different with that money, you're going to have to start searching online. Anyway, other things that you could do in three to five year money is you could buy uh, some laddered CDs. It's not going to be great. Okay. And uh, you could do shorter term bonds, which is fine, but I wouldn't go crazy. Depends what really if this is money you don't need or it's just money you like having as safe-ish, okay? Richard has a $260,000 line of credit on a house that's worth $400,000. There's no mortgage, no other debt. It's got a million dollars in investments. He says, I've got social security income as well as a pension. My wife has social security and, re- and takes required minimum distributions, as do I. I want to do something with the... line of credit as opposed to having it just sit there doing nothing. Any thoughts? Do do you mean you have established a line of credit or you've pulled out a line of credit? If he has an outstanding $260,000, if he owes $260,000 on the house that's worth $400,000, is he saying he needs to refinance that? Or is he saying, I have this line available and I want to do something with it? Anyway, if you have something available, if it's just that you have like this line of credit, then do nothing. If you actually have an outstanding loan of 260000 then you absolutely positively have to figure out what to do with that. Mark, are you ready to crush dreams or make one happen? You ready to make a dream happen before we end for the weekend? Oh, come on. All right. First of all, Tammy is a middle school band teacher and she's not having fun anymore. I think of a band teacher and I think about Professor Harold Hill. I just saw The Music Man on Broadway. I loved it, even though The Times didn't. Okay. I didn't think I would retire for many years, but I don't want to do this anymore. Can you tell me if I'm crazy to even consider retirement at the end of this school year? All right. You ready? I'm in Northern California. Already, this is already, I have have anxiety because she's in Northern California. Oh, it's not bad. Uh, She's got a house that's worth 700 grand. Okay. She's got a mortgage. 315,000 is outstanding at 2.75%. She says she's got an auto loan. It's $14,000 at just under 1%. She's been paying $2,000 a month on the auto loan. She's been teaching for 20 years. She'll have a small pension, $2,900 a month if she were to leave this year. She is 58. School district will continue paying medical until she's 65 since she's got 20 years in. No kids. I'm not married, but sort of. (laughs) We're not legally married and never will be because the law in California is dumb. He gives me $1,400 a month. He gives me $1,400 a month. Uh, Yes, he contributes maybe an extra $1,400. I don't want to rely on that in my retirement numbers. He's 73. Well, you're going to have to take care of an old man, 58-year-old Tammy, so get used to it. 
$1,400 a month is not going to be a, enough considering what you're about to deal with in the next 15 years. All right. Uh, here's what Tammy has. 16 grand in a Roth, 240 in a 403B, uh, a little bit of money in a 457. Emergency fund, 6,500. Income, 104,000. She gets an additional 7,700. So 104, okay. And then another uh, 25,000 from a side hustle. Okay. That number should decrease each year as I'm not adding anything. Another five years of the side hustle. So let's say 130. Let's say she makes 140-ish. I should get Social Security. It won't be much due to the windfall elimination provision. Monthly nut, $3,400 without the auto loan payment, that is. Okay, it's the bare minimum. Where do I put the $2,000 that I'm putting towards my auto loan once it's paid off in seven months? You should beef up your emergency reserve fund. Yes, 100%. I'm currently contributing towards the 403B and 457. Um, I maxed out the 403B last year. I plan to do the same this year. 403B has lower fees than the 457. Then just do the 403B, okay? Let's max that out. That's it. You ready, Mark? Should I just suck it up and keep working? Do you have any ideas for me? Thank you so much. I mean, Tammy, I, I want to be, I, I'm sorry that it sucks for you right now. I have heard so many teachers who have really been, I think this last year's is fried teachers, honest to God. That's really what has happened. Um, you're going to have to suck it up and keep working. And you at least have to suck it up and keep working until a couple of things happen. Number one, you got to pay off that auto loan in seven months. That'll be done. Then you need to put all this money in your emergency reserve fund. So if we look at your numbers and you say to me that, I mean, you say your monthly nut is 3,400. I'm going to say it's 4,000. Okay. You have to have 40 grand in your emergency reserve fund before you even consider retiring. So now I know that's probably two years from now. Oh, she's hating me right now, right? I'm not like 100% convinced that you have to kill yourself and put the money in the 403B. So the $2,000 a month, you should absolutely make sure that that goes into the emergency reserve. Now, two years from now, that's done. If you're also maxing out the 403B, you could start a brokerage account. Instead of just like, oh, I'm going to suck it up and keep working. I don't know what the nature of why you're so bummed out about work. That's number one. We know that she'll be 60. She's got to be at least 60 because we know we need two years to beef up the emergency reserve, two and a half years to beef up the emergency reserve fund and pay off the auto loan. So let's say she's 61. Mark and I think it's about 62. So you're 58. You know how fast four years goes by? I mean, it's crazy. Now, the other thing is that if you really are, if you really are hell bent, it depends. Like think about this as an emotional idea. You ready for this? What bothers you more right now? Having to rely on your older partner for this $1,400 a month, or do you hate school more than that? It's like, those are your two choices. To reconcile this situation, you either have to just be like, hey, I've been with this person for a while. He's contributing extra and he's got money. And that $1,400 a month is the difference between me being miserable at work and not being miserable. I would also point out that because he's 73, perhaps you might kind of get into this idea that, you know, I'll do this for a couple of years, but like when he's 75, that's already getting pretty close to the um, end of the book, if you know what I mean. And so if you say, I almost would feel like if you could say to yourself like, hey, you know, time is short. 
and life is short and I'm miserable and he's older. And so we want to spend these years together. I'm game with that. But just being miserable at work does not feel like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that compelling to me. It says the woman who's not miserable at work. Uh, it's Friday, Mark. We got to um, think how we can sort of get through these winter months because it's not going to be 60 degrees for the rest of the winter time. So uh, we hope that you guys have a great weekend. Maybe during the weekend, what you should do is hop onto the website at some point. Make sure you bookmark it so that anytime you have a financial question, you can get in touch with us. We've got other podcasts. We've got the Eye on Money podcast. We've got a radio show. I write a blog. You can check out videos. We had a great video about how to talk about money with your spouse. Happy Valentine's Day. And we've got a wonderful resources section. Uh, If you've got ideas for resources, let us know. Mark is trying to beef that up. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Who's the um, interview this weekend, Mark? Oh, we got great, a great guest. This, I know I always say that, but we do have return guest Daniel Pink will be talking about regret this weekend. Oh, it's a darn good show. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 